Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Forbidden Speech, The Raw Truth with your host, Christina Rivera. In this savvy broadcasting series, we delve into hot topics affecting us all. With cancel culture and big tech censoring any opposing ideas and thoughts outside of mainstream ideology, it has become more important than ever that we tell the raw truth about everything from U.S. world politics, COVID, Christianity, and everything in between. We invite all points of view to come and share their perspective honestly and respectfully. Hi, Karen Hinton. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting's newest series, Forbidden Speech. And boy, do we have a big one for everyone today. You've written a wonderful new book, which we're going to go into. But you're a journalist, a former press secretary to Andrew Cuomo and later New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. And we're going to discuss your latest book, Penis Politics. Mm, quite so a risque much. title. Uh, but let's get started. What, what even prompted you to write your book? Well, what prompted me to write the book, Penis Politics, is I had a brain injury back in 2017. I fell off a treadmill, hit my head on a floor that was as hard as concrete, and had to recover from that for, really, I'm still in recovery for many things. Um, but the main problems I had after coming out of the hospital was my inability to speak, to read, and to write, and also just think through problems that I was having and and how do I feel about them. And so when it came to uh, uh, a current topic uh, in the news, I would try to figure out what do I have to say about that? And I, I didn't know how to do it. I just didn't know how to get my thought processes together. And then um, time passed and year after year and I got better. And I started, um, I happened to come upon a diary that I had written when I was in high school. And it talked about so many things that had happened to me during that time. 
And it brought back a lot of great memories and a lot of troubling memories too. And I used that to start writing about them. So I could get back to doing, uh, being a better writer and a better thinker and speaker. <laughs> and so um, that's that's what I did. I started writing the book. And, and then I got caught up in the issue of women and men, girls and boys, and what we go through as the different sexes and how we are different, but how we are similar. And what do we do about this problem that's really facing so many women now? It's pervasive in our life, in our culture, and that sexual harassment and abuse and sometimes discrimination and misogyny and even going to the outer spectrum of violence and rape. And, and so that's why I wrote the book. Wow, uh, that's phenomenal. You know, what's interesting is it, it sounds like you used the writing of the book to be cathartic and also just yes. bring about your own healing physically, mentally, and spiritually. And you know, totally. it's interesting when, when when I heard that you had had a freak accident on a treadmill. My very first time at a gym, I actually got on a treadmill knowing nothing about it, and I pick pick four miles an hour, thinking, "Well, oh, that's nothing. Uh, four miles an hour. What's that?" I got on the thing; it threw me right off. And wow, those things can be <laughs> Not dangerous. Literally. <laughs> did it? Like, it did. It did. I, oh, of course, right. didn't hit my head. Thank God. But yeah, it, it scared the. Eh, it scared me. Gyms <laughs> don't do enough to educate their members about their machines in general, but specifically about treadmills. And that's one of the things I've complained about ever since. Um, yeah. And then also have protection under the machines, uh, so you can have soft mats. But what if you had a heart attack? What if you had a stroke? What if you, you know, these are common uh, diseases that we face, especially when we get older. So gyms need to do more, need to do yeah. more. Yes. I, I like that. Yeah. You mentioned that. It's a good, good. Well, right now, a couple of times I've gone, they said, Hey, let's do something. No, 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 go not going anywhere near that dread, that trap. Uh, but Mark. back to your, <laughs> back to your book. I I'm grateful you wrote it because it does bring to light um, some of the problems, the disparities between men and women in a very male centric world. You worked in the newsroom, mm -hmm. you worked in the halls of Congress in a very male centric. And I myself in boardrooms across America. And when you're in that kind of situation uh you know i find myself i often try to act very masculine to kind of match and compete with males and we've got our own strength we don't need to compete with men in that fashion what's your exactly. take <laughs> yes that is my take completely and um you know i've been thinking about that very question now in the last few weeks and it really for me it comes down to what do I want from my life mm -hmm. and what do I not want from my life? And mm -hmm. let's try to avoid what we don't want. <laughs> right. And so that's what I think we should do as women is do I really want to talk and act like a man? No, that's not what I want. I want to be me. I want to be myself. And we all should just grasp onto that theory and and hold on to it because what we are is unique and different. Yeah. Women to women, women to men. And let's take advantage of that because within all of that is a talent that could be used for your neighbor, for your boss, 
or for yourself or for your family. And uh, that's why I think that really is the right way to approach uh, that dynamic between men and women. Yeah, we all have our different strengths and uh, trying to match up to a male-centric. I I kind of, well, it tired me out. But now let's talk about sexual assault or abuse. It's interesting. Uh, one of my very first interviews way back when I was 20, I went to a company and they interviewed me. I really wanted the job and I didn't get it. And I was really upset, but it's, it's a huge company. I'm not going to mention their name, but I found out there were a lot of, um, after I didn't get the interview or the job that there were a lot of complaints of sexual harassment at this place. And so yes. thank God I didn't get the job. Now, what does a newbie entering into the job market where they might come into contact with sexual uh, abuse of some uh, nature? How do they begin to deal with it, transverse through it? What would be some of your advice on that front? Well, I believe it's a question you should ask of people who know something about the company, who know someone inside the company, another woman, perhaps, (laughs) um, and ask that question. Also ask that question of the HR department. I mean, there's nothing wrong with asking that question. It doesn't mean that you are immediately disbarred from the job. Um, but uh, but you, we should prepare ourselves for any kind of toxic work environment. And if you don't want to be in it, and I think the ma- vast majority of women don't, then it's good to prepare yourself and know what's coming. And if it's not what, you're, what you want to be part of, then don't take the job. Um, But I also want to encourage women to speak out about any problem they're having in the workforce. There are people who can help you. Um, It could be the HR, maybe, maybe not, depending on the dynamics of of an HR department. But there's also the EEOC. You can also um, talk to other women in the in the job. You can also talk to men who you think will be respectful of you and and not use it against you. Also, I think that as time has passed from the 60s and the 70s, when women's rights were largely ignored, um, to today, when there is at least the Me Too movement out there cheering for women, that um, there's a more a growing, it's not, it's not done by any means, but there's a growing sense of morality and ethics that's involved here, not just regulations and laws which are very important. We have to also um, take on the fact that it's the right thing to do. And how hard is it to do to show respect and be professional with a woman? Don't you, men love their mothers, (laughs) you know? So, you know, you want to always show her respect or most men do. So do the same with the women that you work with, the women that you're married to, the women you date, the women you are in school with, the women you coach in a sports uh, program, you know, show respect and and treat them as, as humans, not as some sort of object. Yeah. Uh, Those are awesome points. And one thing I I came to realize is there'll be things said in the non-language. I'd gone on interviews where I said, so do you like working here to some women working there, the HR? And they'll be like, oh yeah, I love it. And you could tell from their body language that not so much. So I would say, listen, sometimes not only to the asking the questions of HR or other people who work at the company, but also their body language. What are they not telling you in their words? Perhaps maybe they feel stilted and they can't speak out 
they feel because they need their paycheck. But now on the other front, as you've mentioned, it's so important that we do speak out if we see something, if one of our coworkers are, are treated offensively, that we don't just all hush hush, go to the water cooler and say, oh, this is horrible. This didn't happen. We need to stand up and feel right. it's okay. And I think the more we stand up as a unit, meaning not just say, oh, let yes. them deal with it, but we come together and say, we're going to, like you and your friends did in your book, you came together and approached a person uh, that had done that to your friend. It really makes a difference because now it's not a person, one person doing it. It's a group. group. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Unity uh, is important. And uh, I think it's important for for women to show that unity, um, both publicly as well as within a company. So um, as many women as interested who want to join in those movements that exist now, Me Too movement and others, um, it's important to be part of that and, and let it grow and let it really even show, uh, more, have more impact on what companies as well as just individuals in their own lives. Yeah. What I've found, uh, Karen, is when people come together in, in unison, it makes such an impact. I mean, you can make massive changes in a job, in, in the government, if you come together in, in unison and say, hey, this is something that matters to us and we can make a difference. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, now, absolutely. Now, actually, um, you, I'm, I'm certain that you've written you've written your book with the inspiration behind it that you want to pass on certain knowledge and wisdom to the readers. What do you hope most people will take away after reading your book? Um, what I really hope is that when they read my stories and I don't, I don't lecture, I may sound like I've been lecturing for the last uh, few minutes, but in my book, I try not to lecture. I try not to lay out here are five things you need to do. Um, <laughs> I don't do that. I just tell my stories of what happened to me from teenager to 63, practically. Um, but also what happened to my friends, my girlfriends, my women friends as I got older. Um, and so I try to tell stories. And I hope that women uh, will do the same thing, that they will suddenly feel comfortable talking about these very things that happened to me. And they'll read my story and say, hey, Something like that happened to me, too. Here's what it is. And spread the word. Let other men, let men know that it's happened to someone they care about. You know, the husband, the, the brothers, the sons, their male colleagues at a reception where you're going and, the, and it may come up as a topic. You know, don't be timid. Get out there and talk about it. And there are more and more women who are ready to do that, I believe. And um, I am, want to just do a shout out to Tish James, our, the attorney general in New York, who did this investigation into the former governor, Andrew Cuomo of New York, mm. um, because she stood up. You know, a lot of attorney generals have not done this in the past and she did it. Good for her, you know. And she, one of the things she said was, I believe the 11 women and too often um, law enforcement too often bosses, too often husbands don't believe what the woman is saying. And 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 before you're you're innocent till proven guilty, sure, but the woman needs to be taken seriously and needs to not just be dismissed. Yeah, absolutely. The allegations need to be fully looked into and see is is there something to this? In my twenties in a dance class, um, I had been sexually assaulted by the um 
the teacher and after class and I didn't tell anyone for almost mm -hmm. a year and I felt very guilty like I must have brought this about um, and when I did tell some of my friends like well you should have brought it to the police you should have told the school but I thought they'll blame me because he told me to come work exactly. and do some dance with him in another place so I went with him so it's my fault so we make up these things in our head blaming ourselves and saying no one will believe us ourselves. right mm -hmm. and the, yeah. and the sexual harassers blame the victims too. It's always the first thing out of their mouths is um, she misinterpreted what I said or did, um, or that didn't happen that way. I mean, that was Andrew Cuomo's line time after time after time, even though there was lots of evidence to prove otherwise. Um, and we have to stop blaming victims. We have to really listen to what they're saying and then determine what the best actions are. Um, whether it's in a workplace or at home or in a, on a sports team. Yeah, absolutely. And and with like Andrew Cuomo and other people of high level, I, I think a lot of women like myself, I probably would have not said something with the idea that he's too high, too too up there for me to touch and it'll just bring mm -hmm. negative assault against me. So let me not go there. And we need to stop doing that because it doesn't matter what your position is. Everyone needs to be held accountable if they do sexual assault right. or any any crime yeah well, well my book opens with um a story about four girls myself included who are best friends and have learned to depend upon each other for all decisions any major decision and i'm talking about how to cut our hair was a major decision <laughs> we would come together as a group and discuss it, right? Or who we were going to go have a date with, or did so-and-so like us? And what did we think of so-and-so and all that? And, yeah. but then one day um, we get a call from uh, one of the, uh, Janice is this friend of mine who is sexually abused, essentially raped in the book room of our school. And we're 16 and she calls us and she wants us to get together and talk about it which we do and we're shocked and, and we can't believe it. But the first thing we say is you've got to tell the principal. You've mm -hmm. got to tell your parents, you know, this is terrible. He should be, he should be, you know, um, arrested. He should be put in jail. I mean, we just can't believe this has happened to someone we all four knew mm -hmm. and respected. And suddenly that whole dynamic, that whole picture of him changes and the first thing she says is, I can't do that. I'm scared to do that. Uh, it will mean they'll blame me. He he will say that nothing happened. It'll be, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. And you're not going to do it. We are just, I'm just telling you because you're my best friends. And so we kept it to ourselves. Um, and um, I really only wrote about it for the first time um, in this book, really. And, um, and so... You know, it just takes a lot to get to a place where you can speak openly when, especially when you've known this person for a long time and you have respect for him too. 
Absolutely. And I would implore also parents uh, before that incident when, when I was 20, I had one when I was younger, uh, another yeah. guy sexually assaults me. I brought it to my parents and they totally they totally said I, I lied and, and fibbed and made it up. Um, so I would implore parents, if it sounds nutty right. that your kids come to you with the story, just really listen to them out and, and explore it because you don't want your kids going right. through life holding that inside yeah. and not having it dealt with. Well, we could go on a long I time, but I want everyone to get a copy of your book. How could they do that? It's, it's going to be uh, coming out soon. Well, thank you so much. And I'm glad you told your stories too. And I, that's what I hope readers will take away is an interest in telling their stories. Yeah not hide anymore. Well, I see here that you can get a pre-order of your book, Penis Politics at Amazon, as well as check out more about the book at penis-politics.com. And Karen, thank you so much for being brave and sharing your story so openly. And I hope others will do that and not hold back anymore. Parents, listen to your kids. And thank you so much, Karen, for coming to Savvy Broadcasting today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You betcha. Okay. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Forbidden Speech or Savvy episodes, visit SavvyBroadcasting.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at LifeUnscriptedRadio.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 